Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Well, Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 1, speaking about a young leader, says this, Now it happened when Senballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I'd rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at that time I hadn't hung the doors and the gates. In other words, they're about halfway through this entire project. That Senballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers saying to them, I am doing a great work. Every Christian ought to remember that verse. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and go down to you? But they sent this message to me four times and I answered them in the same manner. Then Senballat sent his servant to me as before, the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. In it was written, an accusation. It is reported among the nations. And Geshem says, you know, it's like I've heard so many times, everyone's saying. Usually everyone in church life means two. It certainly was here. And Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumours, you are rebuilding the wall so that you may be their king. In other words, we know how proud you are. It's all about you. It's this empire thing you've got going. And you've also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, there is a king in Judah. Now these matters are going to be reported to the king. So come, therefore, come on, we've got to scotch these rumours. Let's talk about this. Then I said to him, saying, no such things as you say are being done, but you're inventing them in your own heart. For they were all trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. Nehemiah is a young man in a difficult situation. He's not titled or trained. His heart for God in his house sees him thrust back to his hometown that's been devastated. He's what I referred to this morning in the accidental call. Somebody who sees a need and puts their hand up. They don't have some great prophetic word. There's no angelic visit. There's no kind of visitation of the Lord to them. They're just simply somebody who says, let me help. I don't know about you, I got started in all of this because many, many years ago, my pastor in that day said, is there somebody who will come and help us look after all these new Christians, all these people that have begun a journey of faith? I didn't have a prophetic word. I had no, but there wasn't an EFM to point me in the right direction. I met him at the door. Well, let's just say, I often say God must have smote him blind. I said to him, I'm your man. I literally said that. I can't imagine a more presumptuous thing to say. I'm your man. And uh, he must have looked at me and seen past the long straggly hair and the, the jandals, the thongs as we call them in Australia. I was wearing that the dog had bitten the back off. 
and, uh, and the old army disposal shirt I was wearing that had a button missing up here on the lapel uh, and the epaulette. And somehow or other he said, when can you start? And that was the beginning. This guy, Nehemiah, says yes and goes and then he finds these people. They're not energetic. They're not saying, we've been waiting for you to come. He finds people that are dispirited, that are worn down by unrelenting disappointment and they've just given up accepting that's just the way things are. Can I tell you, every one of you that's a follower of Christ, can I urge you, can I encourage you, open your eyes all around about you, wherever you go, you will find people like Luke spoke about. Can you imagine a young man who goes off to Levers Week and no one in his life, no one in his family, no one at school, none of his friends, no one's actually ever said, you can do something wonderful for your life until a red frogger turns up and says, I believe you can do it. What's the worst that can happen? That doesn't sound like great encouragement, but apparently it was to him. The Scripture says this in the book of Proverbs, whoever waters others will themselves be refreshed. Are you dry? Are you feeling a little bit just worn out yourself? Can I tell you the answer is not to take a rain check on life, step back out of it all and pull back and say, well, you know, I just need to refill my tank. Do you know how you refill your tank? Refill somebody else's. If you will water others, the Bible says, you will also be refreshed yourself. And so this, this guy turns up, but can I tell you, I find this so exciting that wherever a believer brings hope, God always turns up. Why? Because everywhere God turns up, hope gets renewed. Romans 15 verse 13, great verse to remember. It says this, and now may the God of hope you know, fill your lives with joy and, believe, and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the Holy Spirit. Now may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the Holy Spirit. I can't believe that there are still people on the earth that believe that if you're a follower of God, if you're giving your heart to Jesus, it's all about do's and don'ts and rules and regulation because my Bible says He's the God of hope and that when you give your life to Christ, hope comes into your life in a powerful way. Let me tell you, it's the most wonderful and exciting life you will ever live is to say to Jesus Christ, He is my yes to your future for my life. It's a powerful thing. He's the God of all hope. But to be really honest, this verse, the one that struck me so powerfully this week was verse nine. I'd come out of something. I don't know what it was. Maybe I just, maybe it was busy or maybe I just a bit weary. I don't know. But this verse struck me, verse nine. For they were all trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it won't get done. And I realised how often that we have an enemy who is trying to weaken us in the work. I've yet to meet a leader, a boss, a parent, a husband, a wife, a teacher or a student 
that hasn't at some time felt discouraged. Come on. Every one of us knows what it's like to feel as we've embarked on something that's important to us, to feel weakened in the work. And there is an enemy who, if he cannot stop you in some direct manner, will always try and weaken you so that you begin to slow and so that you begin to let go of the dream or the vision that God has put in front of you, the call or the purpose that God's put in you. I want you to hear this tonight because I believe that tonight will be powerful in the lives of people that hear this Word of the Lord for them. Many of you are gonna find a renewed energy you're going to find better sleep. Many of you are going to find a fresh vision being downloaded to you. Many of you are going to go, you know what? I've got a different perspective now than what I had prior to all this. Nehemiah knows what it's like to have attacks against his inner life in order to slow him up and weaken him. But he perseveres and he ends up seeing the success he set out for. So tonight, if you want a title, it's a long one, how not to give up on the things that matter. Let's go into this. Firstly, forewarned is forearmed. If I know that attacks are coming, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter six, it says, and take up the shield of faith wherewith you can quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Do you know what I've discovered? Is that most of those darts don't come from a being with horns on that appears at the end of your bed and breathes a sulfurous smell out all over you whereby you feel you've been in the presence of the devil. It's never happened to me. But I have met many people that unwittingly were his representatives. Amen. I don't mean that they were of the devil. I just mean that a careless word, something that was unkind that came out, but there was a source behind it all that was coming. At, he says, hold up the shield of faith. It's, you, don't be so worried about the devil. In this case, Nehemiah hasn't got a, a, a demonic being. He's got people. And as long as you're human and there are people around about you, there's going to come some of those moments where someone will say something, you'll go, oh, what's the point? Bad news can come. Difficulty can rise. Criticism can come. And you start to go, why am I bothering? Come on, hello. I think I'm talking to real people, aren't I? How many leaders have ever had the thought going, what's the point? Why bother? You know, they're not appreciating what I'm doing. And not that we do it for that, but you do want to know that what you're doing has got value, don't you? Of course you do. Forewarned is forearmed. There is opposition. There's going to be challenges. Make sure you're ready. I want to take you just quickly on this thing. Now, I see Pastor Bruce. Is that you still over there? Come on out here, Bruce, for a minute. Give Pastor Bruce a big hand. He's going to be my whiteboard holder. He didn't know about this, but there you are. Just hold that right there. I hope everyone can see this. I'm going to let me read to you Proverbs 25, verse 28. It's a powerful verse. Every verse in the Bible is good. But then there are some that you go, oh yeah, that's good. Amen. They're, they're like a good piece of meat you should chew on. Proverbs 25 and verse 28 says this. It says, whoever has no rule over their own spirit is like a city broken down 
without walls. I've met many people in my life. I know you will have as well, Bruce. And maybe I've even been one of these at some point or other in my life who have got a, an inner life that's just like that. They're like a city without walls. If there are no walls, let me tell you what happens. Two things. Number one is you can't keep anything out. And secondly, you can't keep anything in. Have you ever met somebody who no matter how much encouragement you give them, it just disappears like water into a, a big desert. It's like pouring it out on sand. You go back and five minutes later, you've got to encourage them again. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever met somebody and the last person that they spoke to is the imprint they bear? So if they got criticism, you are such a loser. Can you see that there? You are such a loser. They'll go around like this. Oh God, I'm such a loser. You know, why? Because one person said it. Some of you are here. You know, you had a teacher who told you that you were never going to amount to anything and you've walked around with that written on you for how long? If you don't have rule over your spirit, you're like a city without walls. Somebody else will go along and somebody's going to come and say, you are amazing. It's an A, believe it or not. It's a new font that I just invented. And you'll go around, don't you know something like this? Give them a little bit of it. They're, they're like a tyre that's got a leak in it. You've got to pump it up. Now, don't point at them. But how many of you know someone like that? You've got to pump them up every day, man. Don't look at them. Huh? Don't, don't text them right now and say, this message is for you. But isn't it right? They're like a city without walls. And that same person who's so excited then goes and somebody goes, man, you are such an idiot. How are you doing, I? Oh, yeah, there you go. Man, you're, you're thick. And the person goes, like, oh, man. I'm, and you know what I mean? I meet people all the time who are Proverbs 25, 28 people. Every, everything, what they reflect in conversation is the last thing someone wrote on their board. Come on, are you here? The, are you with me? Because I want you to get this because you've got to take the pen off everybody else. Amen. If I say to you, Pastor Bruce, what would you like me to write on this thing of your spirit? Huh? What would you like me to write up here that you would like to write about you? What would you write? I'm not going to get you to write because you're like me. You're left-handed and no one can read our writing. But what would you write up there? Man of God. Huh? You got it? Mog. Gog, Magog, and I, yeah. Uh, what, what are you writing? Psalm 45 verse 1 says, my tongue is as the pen of a ready writer. So what are you writing up there? Come on, hello. Get the pen off everybody else. Come on. Some of you here, your mother said it, your father said it. Who gives a rip? There's somebody smarter than your mum and your dad. Now, if they encouraged you, and I hope they did, doesn't mean you can never be corrected or you can't ever hear a negative. But take the pen off everybody else. Take the eraser out and rub off what everybody else has been saying to you and write up there what God says about you. Are you with me? Don't be a person who's got no, no rule over their own spirit. There you are, Bruce. God bless you. You may now leave. You may take with you the eraser. I give that into your hands. 
for you to take care of. Give Pastor Bruce a big hand. He's just done an amazing job. So forewarned is forearmed. Secondly, you've got to see the purpose beyond self. I love the fact that in verse 3, Nehemiah says, I'm doing a great work. But if you study this, and I have, if you study this, you'll discover he's building a wall. I build a wall with my friend Mark. We build a wall during lockdown or half lockdown. I don't remember going, wow, I am doing a great work. Rhonda, come out. It's a great work. Rhonda never came out with all the glory. All the glory of your presence, we your people. I don't remember any worship happening. I was building a wall, for goodness sake. Nehemiah's building a wall, but can I, you, you got to understand something. Listen, everything you do has got a purpose beyond you. Please hear this. This is not... Nice preaching, it's the truth, it's reality. Nehemiah builds a wall. You go, well, so what? But you know, if Nehemiah doesn't build a wall and that protects Jerusalem, then there's no rebuilding of the temple. And if there's no rebuilding of the temple under Ezra, then there's no way that the Messiah ever gets to come. That's hundreds of years in the future. But it all started with a wall. It started with somebody doing something that looked very good. I wonder, don't you, Luke, wherever you are, and, and Hayden, don't you wonder about the stories you're going to hear in heaven? And you're going to be there going, and there's this person that went and did this and discovered this and did something amazing. And the, the Holy Spirit will wind back the video and you'll see it all started on a night in Dunsborough with somebody that made a difference doing the incredible. What are you doing? I'm just encouraging. I'm just flipping pancakes. What are you doing? Oh, I just stand on the door at church and greet people. I'll never forget somebody. I was walking up to the city one day and someone stopped me at the lights, the traffic lights. And they said, Pastor, I want to thank you for greeting me. And I... I don't remember them at all, but they'd been to church and all I'd done was say hello. I, I don't know, what, what kind of impact are you having? And you're not even aware of it. So see the purpose beyond self. There's always a purpose beyond self. There is a great purpose. EFM is not about finding your little clever niche. There is a great niche for you. But don't let it be about that. Let it be about saying, God, I'm going to discover your great purpose and I'm going to find a way to be a part of it. Here's the third one. Look for progress, not success. I think one of the biggest traps is that people enshrine and love success. We're a success culture. All the achievements, the 100 most influential people in Australia, the 25 most impacting people on Instagram, the most followers, and all the rest of that stuff. The trouble with finding success and making it a goal is when you get there, you stop. I noticed that Nehemiah's conversation is not about what he's done. It's about what he's doing and about what is yet to be done. That tells me that the man was focused on progress, not success. He wasn't saying, you know what, we built the wall, am I amazing or what? 
He's not going to stop. He says, I'm going to keep going forward. Here's the last one, number four. Fourth thing here, if you and I are going to not quit on the things that matter, forewarned is forearmed. See the purpose beyond you. Look for progress, not success. He's number four. Invest for the long term. For the long term. Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 16. Listen to the spirit of this man. Indeed, I also continued the work on this wall. There it is again. I continued. But listen, and we did not buy any land. All my servants were gathered for the work. At my table were 150 Jews and rulers, besides those who came to us from the nations around about us. Now that which was prepared daily was one ox and six choice sheep. Also fowl were prepared for me, and once every 10 days, an abundance of all kinds of wine. Yet in spite of this, I did not demand the governor's provisions because the bondage was heavy on this people. Remember me, O Lord, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. Nehemiah doesn't say, you know what? I've done my time. I've served enough. I've given enough. You know, no one should have asked me for anything more. This man, I listen, so many people think of sacrifice as something you do at the start. I don't believe that. I believe sacrifice is a lifestyle. Amen. Uh, Somewhere along the way, I'm going to talk about the fact that when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, the key to it is not that he did it, it's when he did it. He doesn't do it at the start when he wants to prove to them what a servant leader he is. He does it at the end. He washes their feet at the very end. Can I say to you, the, the test of leadership is not how much you sacrifice at the beginning of your vision. It's how much you sacrifice once the vision gets traction. Are you with me here? I want you to get this tonight because these are not just things that will help you not to quit. They're things that will help you to build a great life that goes on and that leaves a legacy beyond you. Keep giving. Keep serving. Don't allow pressure of what other people think. Oh, come on, I've been around way too long. I've heard people say to me, oh, everyone's talking about me. And I've looked at them and said, quite frankly, they're not because A, most of them don't know you and B, most of them are too busy. But we so easily allow someone to weaken our hands from the work. We are careless comment. You know, I'll be honest. Sometimes it doesn't take massive firestorm criticism. It can just be a small thing. It weakens you. And I've discovered I need to walk around not with a defensive posture. How do you, what do they mean by that? What were they on about? Don't be like that. Just go around, hold up the shield of faith. Have a heart filled with purpose. And say, God, you're with me. You called me to this. And I'm trusting you to be the one who looks after me. You know, I want to pray with people tonight. I I felt so strongly when I was praying for this service that there were people here who had felt the pressure to give up. And Pastor Bruce, I want you to come. And for those of you that are part of this service online, you can simply send in on uh, Facebook Live or you can send in on the chat on YouTube. We're not going to identify you. This is not for that purpose. In a minute, I'm going to be asking those that are in the building. I'm going to say, if this is you, I'll ask you to lift your hand again privately so that you can just respond to God. But I want you, if you felt the pressure to give up, if you feel like 
you know, you've started to get weakened in the work, whatever it may be. Maybe you just got this dream about studying, you know, the last exam result wasn't so flash, you know, and now you start going, oh, maybe I should. Or why don't you allow God tonight to do something deep inside of your heart? I know, I, I, I believe Pastor Bruce, and I, I know you know this to be so. I never get tired of it that we can counsel people till the cows come home with all the wisdom that we may have accumulated or that we've learned, all the study that's taken place down through all the experts. And then I've watched God turn up and profoundly change someone's life like that over and over again. I've watched people that walked in and the next time I saw them, I couldn't recognise them because God had so changed them. And that's what I'm believing for tonight, for you. I'm going to be praying that wherever you are, whatever's been happening for you, just send through your yes, your thumbs up emoji, whatever. I know this morning people were doing that, just saying that's me, me, whatever. However you want to let us know, we want to be praying. Pastor Bruce is ready there with all of his devices ready to receive it from you. And in the building as well. Come on, none of us are bulletproof. I always think that if, you know, Paul could despair of life, as I said to someone this week, if Paul could say it's too much, if Elijah could wish he was dead, then I know that there is no spiritual anointing that makes you impervious to those fiery darts coming your way. I know that you've got to come before God again and say, Lord, I know you called me. I know you're going to help me. And God, I'm trusting you for my future. I know you're going to bless me and walk with me in Jesus' name. Would you send it in? Would you let us know? I appreciate that so much. Thank you for that. Thank you for letting us know. Thank you, Pastor Bruce. Every head bowed, every eye closed in the building. You online, keep sending them in. But if you're here in the building, you say, Jeff, would you pray with me today? There's been pressure around my life. I felt like it's just a bit too hard. Oh, well, I know what that feels like. Would you let me pray with you tonight? Would you let me believe God that the Holy Spirit will do something in you? Come on. Doesn't mean you're bad or that you've stumbled. It just means the enemy's been at work. If that's you, just lift your hand in the building. Let me know so I can be praying with you. Would you do that? Thank you back there. Yeah, I can see you. Anybody else, just wherever you are, hands going up. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. I see you over there. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Yep. I see you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Just wherever you are, if that's you. The enemy's been at work. That's all it means. If the enemy's been at work, then we thank God that there is a Saviour who triumphed over every work of the devil in Jesus' name. Pastor Bruce, come on. We're gonna, I'm going to pray. Would you join with me? Heavenly yeah, Father, we pray you, for these ones in the building. We pray for these ones online where the enemy has come and fired his best dart to aim at our heart so that we'll stop, so that we'll just stop where we are so that the work won't get done. We thank You, Lord, that You've called us into partnership with Yourself. We are not simply people trying to do good. We're a part of a plan. And Lord, if we don't do our part, something is missing in the finished product. 
So God, I pray for men and women right now, young people, older people, everyone. I pray for those, God, who the, the weakening is coming from people that are close to them and they feel ought to understand better. God, would you help them not to become calloused and scarred, but to hold up the shield of faith, not the shield of don't touch me, not the shield of leave me alone, but the shield of faith in you. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. I pray for those, Lord, it's at their workplace and it seems like there's just unending criticism coming their way. Lord, I pray you will resolve that in the name of Jesus. We take authority over every voice that's not from you. We take back the pen. We're not going to let everyone else write their statements. Their titles on us, we're going to write yours on us, child of God. Thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Bruce. I got an email this afternoon from someone out of this morning. And they said to me uh, in the email, they said, thank you so much for the message. They made notes, as I always encourage people to do. They'd gone home and the family had said, how was church? Apparently the family are not yet believing and following. And uh, they said, well, let me tell you. And they pulled out the notes and all the family got blessed as a result of that. Become a bearer of good news to the people around about you, would you? Help somebody make the step that says yes to God. Speaking of saying yes to God, I would never finish a service without giving you an opportunity to give your yes to God because I know that so many people are just one invitation away from a great life with Christ. You see all these people up here on the stage? Not one of them got here by earning the goodness of God. Go and ask any of them anytime. They'll say to you, they'll point you back to a moment where they said yes to Christ. And they say, that's what started it. Maybe they had all these great gifts beforehand. Or maybe they didn't, I don't know. But they'll tell you that the richness of their inner life that you see the overflow of didn't come out of a book or a manual it came out of a moment with God when you say yes to God. It's just so simple. Send your yes, Y-E-S. Send it to 488 if you're in Australia. If you're outside of Australia or you'd rather get it via email, then you send yes to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Every day after that, 30 days, or you can opt out whenever you want, well, it fits on one screen of a smartphone, by the way. A Bible verse, different one every day, selected by our team. A prayer every day, written by our team, different one. So you can pray it and start conversing with God. I know if you do that, you'll start walking a great life with God. It's an awesome thing to do. Amen. Father, we thank You for every person. During this week, Lord, I know someone many are going to say yes to You. I pray, God, for those that have been away from You, that lost their direction, and they're going to say their yes and come back and follow You. I pray for those that are a part of this, Lord, and their family situation. 
would not allow them to come and visit perhaps. Maybe where they are, it would even be dangerous for them to say a public yes, but Lord, they're going to say it to you and start that walk with you. Thank you for that in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your walk with God.